0: Today on the show, I'm going to talk about how to look into a mirror. Now, not a literal mirror, but the mirror of life, how to see your reflection in life so that you can become aware of your habit patterns. Continue to support the podcast by rating and reviewing it on iTunes and sharing it with a friend. If you know someone that you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. Help me get the word out. And if you've been enjoying the content that I'm providing for you, please make a donation. Go to the storyofmepodcast.com and to the contact page. There's a donate button and make a donation to help support the podcast. You can also visit the storyofmepodcast.com website to submit questions for the show and connect with me on all social media. Okay, now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I, blissful am I, why? Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with a podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. My name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me today. How are you... How are things going? Today I thought I would talk about how to look into a mirror in a figurative meaning. Often our intentions and our actions disagree. We have an intention to do something, but we have difficulty manifesting the results. Because we find resistance in many forms, whether it has to do with procrastination, avoidance, making excuses, fighting with ourselves, or these perceived external obstacles. But wherever this resistance is coming from, we see this as this struggle. Right, this fight, whether we feel it as an internal struggle or we feel it as an external struggle, it's all coming from the same place. And often we aren't even aware that there is resistance. We just keep repeating the same patterns. And we say, well, maybe it's because I'm not good enough at doing this or because there's something that is standing in my way. And our conscious mind is very good at making these excuses, but our unconscious knows the truth. And this is where neurotic behavior stems from. It's this inability to control the discrepancy between the conscious and the unconscious. And the losing battle of resistance, we have difficulty sitting still, having peace, because there's this unconscious turmoil that doesn't agree with what we're telling ourselves through the conscious mind. And our actions represent these impulse behaviors that are not allowing us to become aware of what's really going on. If you think about it, the process of self-awareness is very simple. It's becoming aware of your unconscious tendencies, then... Removing them to act in a clearer, more purposeful way. And then this is where your intentions and your actions agree. It sounds simple, but why do we have so much difficulty with this? Because when we're unable to see these tendencies, when these tendencies are unconscious, we are being influenced by the impulses that are created by these tendencies. We consider them parts of our behavior, right? Whenever this happens, this is how I react. But really, these are just tendencies, and you are not your tendency. This is very important to recognize because there becomes a lot of self-judgment when our tendencies are perceived as negative. When they're perceived as something that is bad, I have the tendency to indulge in this behavior. I have the tendency to act in this way that prevents me from having some peace in my life. When this happens, we start to judge ourselves and we start to cause this distance between the inner self and our experience because this distance then creates these impulses. And I've talked about this before. What happens is we perceive something from one of our senses, whether we smell something, touch something, taste something, hear something, or even think something, and then we react to it based on your habit patterns, based on your history, based on your life experiences in this life and previous lives. Whatever these are will then corrupt your actions. And when I say corrupt, it's because they're getting in the way of your free will, right? We talk about, is there free will? And free will is to be able to act without reacting. If you see something or you hear something, like I said, through one of the senses— and it's something that reminds you of a past experience that wasn't so pleasant, you have this internal reaction to it, whether you're conscious of this or not. And often we're not conscious of this because it happens either so fast or it happens on such an unconscious level that we're not aware of it. And then we react. We don't feel good about ourselves because something happened during that day. We had a disagreement with someone and it brought out some past memories of childhood experiences or or even just something that happened in a previous relationship, and so you react. And maybe this evening you indulge in some behavior or activity to try to manage the feelings, whether it's overeating or drugs and alcohol or too much television or whatever this is for you. You indulge in these behaviors, and then they manage the emotion because these emotions that are created from the reactions that you have from perceiving whatever it is you perceived from one of the senses. So then you react and it creates this emotion and this emotion creates a feeling within your body and that feeling then causes you to react. And that's the psychology of these impulses. And like I said, some of them you have for so long that you don't you're not aware of it. The cause and effect, because everything is just a simple pattern. It's a simple cause, effect, effect, cause, cause, effect. And it just keeps multiplying like this. And what you want to do is you want to learn how to become aware of these impulses, to make these unconscious impulses conscious. Because this is what's causing suffering in your life because you have one of these impulses to manage the emotion, and the intention behind this impulse is to make yourself feel better. And it doesn't even have to do with anything external. Of course, we could indulge in some activity or behavior, but we can also try to manage the way we feel from our thoughts. And we do this all the time. We have an argument with someone, and it doesn't really go our way because we didn't say that perfect phrase to show them how wrong they were. So we keep reliving this conversation in our head for the rest of the day or the rest of the week or sometimes the rest of your life because you're trying to manage how you feel. You think, okay, next time I get into this argument with them and they say this, I will say that. And when they say that, I will say this and I will show them how wrong they are. And you're doing this to try to make yourself feel better because you feel insufficient because you were harmed psychologically from the previous action or conversation and so now you're trying to manage how you feel to make yourself feel better to make yourself feel like the the victor in that argument so there's ways to manage these impulses that have nothing to do with external uh, objects but they they can right we indulge in food we eat when we're not hungry to Try to make ourselves feel better, or we eat bad food because it's what we call comfort food. There are many ways that we try to manage these unconscious impulses, and even sometimes they're conscious we're aware that we don't feel good about ourselves and that we're engaging in a particular behavior to make ourselves feel better. So what we want to do is we want to become aware of these unconscious patterns to allow us the opportunity to let go of them and also to understand them. There are many ways to really understand these habit patterns. And let's face it, this is what your life is. It's a compilation of patterns, cause and effect. And some of them are conscious, while most are not And what is this external world, but really just this projection of your internal experience? There is nothing external that is not internal, meaning that the origins of everything that's happening in your life begin internally. You can think about how many experiences there are possible in this world and how many that you limit yourself to. And this even goes with the people in your life. Think about all the relationships that you have. How much of a variety of people are there? But yet you keep having relationships with the same types of people. And why is that? Is because of these unconscious tendencies or even conscious tendencies that are bringing you to these experiences. What is the external world, but just this projection of this internal experience? And if this is how things are, then how can we learn from the external to go internally? One of my favorite quotes by Krishnamurti, and I'll read it for you because it's really about this process of understanding yourself, and he says, Understanding of the self only arises in relationship in watching yourself in relationship to people, ideas, and things, to trees, the earth, and the world around you and within you. Relationship is the mirror in which the self is revealed. Without self-knowledge, there is no basis for right thought and action. And that's a beautiful quote by Krishnamurti. And this is really what I want to share with you is different ways that you can look into the mirror of life to see your reflection. Because you would be surprised at how easy it is to look at your interactions with people, with places, with things, to see why you react a particular way. This is why you find people who are quite introspective love to travel. because. If you're in the same place every day talking to the same people, you don't reflect many differences. And let me explain this. When you go to a different country that you haven't been to before, the first thing you typically do, at least for me, is you look at them and you see certain behaviors they have. And you say, why, why do they do this? What's wrong with these people? <laughs> why are they doing things like this? But the next thought should be, well, why do I do things differently? And then you start to look deeper into yourself. If everyone and every place in your life is the same, how deep are you looking into yourself? This is why having a variety of experiences is pretty good for being able to look deeper within the self. Because we experience the self through this internal-external interaction, right? You feel a particular way. You say, well, why do I feel this way? What is this emotion, and what is causing the emotion, and why am I experiencing it? I have a few methods for becoming aware of your patterns by seeing your reflection in life's mirror. And the first one is to examine why a particular person is in your life. You can think about what do they make me feel or not feel when I'm around them? Or what do they make me do or not do? And, and maybe make is not the right word, but what do they inspire me to do? Or, or, or what am I reacting to? Because some people you're a little more reactive than, other, to, other, than to other people. And so then you can say, well, why do I react to them in this way? And we often say things that are kind of this victim mentality. Oh, I can't be around these kind of people because they take my energy away. And this is, one, it's a little perceptive that there's something going on there, and this is good, but the negative part is this is kind of a victim mentality because no one can do anything to you but you. I'll go on to explain this. So imagine that you're sitting next to someone who has the flu and they're sick and you have not been sleeping very well, you haven't been eating very well, you're not taking care of yourself. You're more susceptible to getting the flu from them because your body is weak, your mind is weak, your system, your immune system is weak. But now imagine that you're taking your vitamins, you're eating healthy, you're doing yoga, you're feeling very good, and, and you're physically and mentally healthy. Well, there's a high probability that you're not going to catch the flu from them. So this is when we say that someone is taking something or doing something to you, you have to recognize that this can only happen if there is a vulnerability in your system, meaning there's some weakness that you're not dealing with. And so this is why you can look at what reactions am I having with this type of person, right? Maybe it's a, an archetype of a type of person. Whenever I'm ever around someone who is this way, I react this way. Well, why is that? And so this is a a very good way to see some habit patterns of what you are reacting to when you come into some type of contact or relationship with this type of person. And this will uncover some themes. Maybe this type of person reminds you of your mother or your father or someone that you have a strong karmic pull towards. And this happens quite often. You see men or or women who date someone that is like their parent, like a woman who, who maybe she has a certain type of father where he's either an alcoholic or domineering or something like this, and then she picks people who are similar or even in ways that are more subtle than this. And the same with a a man. Maybe he's picking someone that is like his mother for some reason. And what is that reason? What is that tendency that is causing him to do this? And so this is the first way is to examine why a particular person is in your life because everyone is there for some reason to reflect something back towards you. The next thing is to be aware of what you notice about people. We tend to see what we are looking for, meaning the unconscious has an agenda to become conscious. So without our knowledge, we will focus on something and we will interact with it because this fixation is an indication that there is more to be uncovered. And it could be something, a, a simple example, maybe we're not happy with something about ourselves, uh, maybe we don't like our hair or our, our body, and so then we start to project this and we start to become aware of everyone, oh, look at how fat this person is, or look at that terrible haircut, or what's wrong with that person's body, and and it's just this projection, and this is how we project these things onto people. So. Be aware of what you notice about someone. What is the first thing that catches your attention about people generally? Look at the reactions you have to these things that you notice. How are you reacting? And then look at, well, how do you react to yourself about these topics? Again, this internal experience is projected externally. Another way of uncovering some habit patterns, and this is a good one, is to look at the people in the person's life. So you want to observe the patterns of interaction a person in your life has with strangers, with friends, with past relationships. Where do you fit in in that pattern? Because you do, you're not the only random thing in their life. You are part of their pattern as well as your own. If you have difficulty seeing your own pattern, look at theirs and see how you fit in with it. For example, imagine you begin dating someone and you find out that their previous partner had particular attributes. Maybe their previous partner... So they weren't available, they were always out of town, or emotionally they weren't available. And you start to look at their last few long-term relationships, and you recognize that their partner was not emotionally available in all of these relationships. Guess what? This is you. Unless this person has overcome this habit pattern Maybe you're not a person who's able to be emotionally available, and this is why they picked you to fulfill this pattern. So this is a very good one, is to look at the people in your life, especially these new people that come in your life that you have more intimate relationships with, and try to understand their patterns. What pattern do they keep repeating, and how do you fit into this pattern? And this is an interesting one because sometimes it's very difficult to face, right? If you understand that this person is picking people who are not emotionally available, you have to really look inside and say, am I someone who is having difficulty being vulnerable, being present emotionally, physically, mentally, or do I try to escape when things get too intimate? And this is something that that I learned from one of my relationships by really understanding. Wow, I'm having this pattern that these girls I'm picking their partners were not emotionally available. Wow, maybe this is me. And it's a very difficult thing to then look inside and say, Yeah, maybe this is me. How do I become more available? How do I become more? Present and what is preventing me from opening up and being vulnerable, being in this position, and so this is a good one. So the next one is look at how your emotions are directing your attention. So for example, imagine that someone calls me fat. Maybe some of you who don't know who I, what I look like, but I'm skinny. I'm not. I'm not fat, and so. I know I'm not fat, so if someone called me fat, I would have no emotional reaction. I wouldn't get angry. I wouldn't get hurt. I wouldn't be self-conscious. I would think, that's kind of strange. I'm a pretty skinny person. I don't know why they're saying this. But now imagine that I haven't been eating well. I haven't been exercising and doing yoga, and maybe I weigh even about the same but I'm not feeling healthy about my weight because I'm not eating good, and they call me fat, well, then maybe I get offended or hurt, or maybe I start to feel self-conscious. But why? If I'm even weighing about the same, why in one instance am I reacting emotionally and the other one I'm not? Because there's some judgment I have towards myself that they stimulated or they shined a light on. By causing this emotional reaction, because I reacted not to what they said, but to how I judge myself in relationship to what they said. Now, I'm not saying that the person is being the kindest person or being a nice person, but it's really what people say is not about you, it's about how you react. And if you have a strong reaction, this is an indication that there's some internal experience that you need to recognize. So look at your emotions, how they're reacting to what people are saying or doing, because this is an indication that there is something deeper to pay attention to. And like I say, your emotions should not dictate your behavior, but they should focus your attention. Be aware of what your emotions are reflecting back to you. And this is very important in self-awareness. If you're too busy reacting, you're not creating the space to become aware. This is why we have self-awareness after the fact, right? You have an argument with someone and or you, someone says something and you react a particular way and then afterwards you regret it you say oh i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that or i shouldn't have done that and this is self-awareness after the fact because you were so taken by the emotion so driven by the impulses of that emotion that you reacted without really becoming aware this is what you need to learn how to do is to have this emotion experience the emotion but not react to it what you want to do is when you experience the emotion, is to observe it. Let's say you're speaking with someone, and all of a sudden you start to feel angry. There's nothing wrong with feeling angry. Allow this feeling to happen. Observe how it feels within the framework of the body. So I feel my heart beating faster. I can feel my blood boiling. I can feel the tension in my shoulders and my chest. And just observe this. Don't try to control it, but don't react to it. Just observe it. Then the next step is, okay, what just happened that caused me to react this way? What did this person say and why what they said caused me to react this way? Right? If someone called me fat and I'm reacting this way, why? What, what is it that I, I'm judging myself on? Or or whatever the experience is, but just observe it and then try to say, what is this feeling that I'm experiencing? And the next step in this awareness is what is this feeling causing me to want to do or not do? Now, this is very important. If you feel some strong emotion, is to experience it without reacting, think about what this emotion is trying to get you to do or not do. In some cases, it's trying to get you to yell at this person. Or maybe in some cases, it's trying to get you to not say anything when you maybe should speak up for yourself. And so this is the reaction. It's the tendency of this habit pattern. You experience this emotion, and this emotion is trying to get you to do something or to get you to not do something. And if you can understand what it's trying to get you to do, say, oh, it's trying to get me to yell at this person, then with the mind, go, well, what is the right thing to do? The right thing to do is to be kind and just be present. Or maybe you're in a situation and you're feeling left out in the group of people that you're with. And so you experience this feeling of loneliness, of being in this group of people, but feeling disconnected from them, feeling like an outsider. And you say, okay, when I have this feeling, what is it trying to get me to do or not do? Well, it's trying to get me to withdraw, to just say, I want to go home and and to leave the situation. And this is the tendency. Then you think with your mind, well, what is the right thing to do? The right thing is to stay here and to try to be present because when you withdraw from the situation, you're creating what you don't want to happen to happen because you're feeling disconnected. And what do you think is going to happen when you leave? Do you think you're going to feel more connected then? So this is the habit pattern, and this is a common one. This is the tendency. So then the thing is to stay present and say, okay, I see what the habit pattern is. It's wanting me to escape But I'm going to just be present no matter how difficult it feels, I'm going to overcome this reaction. And this is difficult because you're used to reacting to these feelings for so long, and many of them are at such a deep unconscious level, that it is very difficult for you to not react. And again, sometimes the reaction is to not do anything when you should do something, and sometimes it's to not do something when you are doing something. But when we talk about all these habit patterns and try to understand how to remove them, it gets a little messy. Some people think you have to remember the original cause of the habit pattern to overcome it. And this is quite difficult. Because your memory is not so good in the fact that you don't understand the initial cause for this habit pattern. Maybe it happened in this lifetime, but maybe it happened the last few lifetimes. So how do you remember the original cause? It's very difficult. But there are two ways to remove these habit patterns. And I'll give you... An example, there's two ways to kill a weed that's growing in your garden, right? You can pick that weed from the roots and pull the roots out of the ground and it will never grow again. And this is trying to understand the origins of this habit pattern. But sometimes this is difficult because we don't know when this habit pattern started Again, it could have been lifetimes ago or even in this lifetime when we don't see it accurately. But that's not so important because there's another way to kill that weed in your garden. You can smother it. Make sure that it's not getting any nutrients, that it's not getting the sun, it's not getting any uh, water, it's not getting any nutrients from the soil, and eventually it will die. And the same thing with this habit pattern— you may not know the origins of the habit pattern, but if you can not react emotionally, eventually this will remove this habit pattern because it's not being supported. It's not being nourished. But every time you react to this habit pattern, you're nourishing it. You're making it stronger. You're giving it the space to grow. But if you can become aware and not react And then with the mind say, well, what is this feeling trying to get me to do or not do? And what is the right thing to do? Because it's easy when you do things like this. If you say, okay, I'm feeling this uh, feeling. I don't even need to name the feeling I'm having. It's not important. I'm just experiencing this feeling. And this feeling is trying to get me to do this or not do this. And then with the mind, well, what is the right thing to do? And if you can do this, you'll be able to break these habit patterns without understanding the origins of them. And eventually maybe the origins will present themselves in a meditation or in some uh, bubbling of the unconscious. And it, it breaks that layer to become conscious, and you'll be able to see it. But these are just some ways to become aware of this resistance to your authentic expression. A good way to think about this is to think of life as a game. And through this earthly existence, your external world reflects back to you all the ways that you are not love. If you accept this process and these reflections, you adjust your thoughts, your actions, and your words you then radiate more love with each passing day. And this experience is challenging, but it's beautiful. Now, if instead you resist these reflections, denying the internal and externalizing these subjects, your life will be miserable. And this true lasting happiness will not exist when you resist as there is no peace in attaching happiness to these temporary things, a collection of thoughts, the ego. And this makes life very dull. Only happiness that's based on love sustains, because you are all pure love emanating from the source of divine love, which is God. And if you're able to accept and adjust your reflection an unobstructed, unfiltered love, your life then becomes blissful. And the winners of this game are not just the ones that radiate complete love, but also the souls who make a conscious effort to expand their awareness of the source of love with each day, despite the challenges. They make each day a beautiful mystery, discovering new ways to radiate love, expand your awareness, and learn of your immortality. So learn to radiate love, observe when it's difficulty to express love, and take this as a sign that there is something internally that's causing you to react in a way that is not love. But when you're able to connect to this love inside and radiate it, then life becomes blissful. I'd like to tell you about sing flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So, go check them out at singflutes.com, S I N G H F L U T E S.com. Use the discount code The Story of Me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember the ways to look into a mirror one, examine why a particular person is in your life. Two, be aware of what you notice about people. Three, look at the people in the person's life. For example, look at the relationships the people have in your life and see how you fit into that. And the last one, four, is to look at how your emotions are directing your attention, how you're reacting. And if you can use this to see these unconscious habits, you'll notice a lot of things about yourself. It's quite interesting. And again, it's kind of fun to look at this as a game to see which ways that you're not expressing love and what the difficulty is of why you can't express it. And these are just ways to look at yourself to get this image of yourself or this understanding of the conscious and unconscious habit patterns. Again, Please rate, review the podcast on iTunes, share the podcast with a friend, help me get the word out, and if you've been enjoying the content that I'm providing for you, please go to the storyofmepodcast.com to the contact page, and make a donation. Help support the program. And you can also go on there to connect with me on social media. And until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions.